This is the Ali La Rouge podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the view from the terraces at Liverpool FC. You're listening to Ali La Rouge, and I'm delighted to be joined today by John Nicholson and Stephen Monaghan after their pre-season break, and author and journalist Brian Reid, who's no stranger to the show. So now the Euros are a distant memory. Uh, now we get back to the real football. So, uh, Brian, are you in the Shankly camp? When he said to Roger Hunt after winning the World Cup, uh, I won't do the accent. Well done, son. Uh, oh, well done, totally. son. But we've got more important things to do now. Totally, yeah. I mean, if I'd have been, a, I think if I'd have been a Goodison in '66 in the Charity Shield when uh, Hunt and Wilson were going around with the World Cup, but I said, "Nice one, lads. Get off. There's the game starting now." You know, it's. Um, it's a distraction, isn't it? I mean, I've got to be honest with you. It, you know, I enjoyed a lot of the football in it, but I think most football fans are club fans, really, aren't we? We, you know, it's our club that we love. Even if you're passionate about your country, you know, I mean, um, uh, and you can't waste. It's like an annual cycle in the body, and it. You feel it coming to August now. You're getting excited. You're feeling summer's out the way. It's nice to have a, a bit of a break, I think, between um, the Euros and the start of the season. But we're back into pre-season friendly, so there isn't a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, John, you you famously had the, uh, the Scottish flag when England played Scotland because you're Scottish descent. But are you yeah, in the Shankly camp? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I sort of enjoyed it in the end watching what Pitta did of the Euros because um, it wasn't bad in in the end as, as some some of the uh, competitions have been over the years and. Um, I was sort of hoping in a way in the end that England would win, just just for the, at least for the players, you know, not so much some of the fans and the way they behave, but yeah. for the players because you do seem a decent bunch in more ways than one, mm. you know, off the field as well as on it. Like so, yeah. Um, yeah. I thought in the end if they win it, they win it. But I thought, you know, tomorrow morning, whatever happens, it's history, and I'm just thinking yeah. of the back, back to LFC then. Yeah. So, Mono, were you uh, setting off fireworks when Italy won in Halewood? I believe there was a lot of fireworks getting set off. He was, yeah, in our old. I think he's <laughs> an Italian. Oh, he's from, well, he's from Estonia anyway. That's close enough. So he was setting fireworks off. Do you know what? I, I did enjoy the footy, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah. Just, some games, you know. Um, but I just would not like to know where Brian is because he said the summer's over. It's 31 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> So seasons are judged by football, mate. So effectively, it's coming to an end. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll say that one then. Yeah, uh, some great games on the model. I mean, that uh, I think Spain Italy was an absolute classic. One, it? it was absolutely that was great. that was a fantastic game. That yeah, but now, to be now, the final, really, didn't it? It is, yeah. But now, as Brian you said, then you know we're coming into the uh, you know we've we've all just bought our ticket for the uh, the friendly game, so. Hopefully, it's all going to start coming back with the crowds now. You know, we, we really look forward to it, don't we? Yeah. The one thing, we played a couple of 30-minute games a few days ago. I mean, were you surprised to see um, Carius and Adrian in goal, Brian? I mean, I thought, didn't we think we'd seen the last of them? Or <laughs> Well, <laughs> uh, looking at the way he played, I think, we, I think we've definitely seen the last of him playing with the first game. <laughs> But uh, no, Keller had a knock, didn't he? He got a knock in training. Uh, and I think he's coming back for the Mainz game on Friday. Um, but yeah, he's the future. He's, um, I think in June he signed a five-year contract. He's, um, he's, he's got his first cap for Ireland. 
he's a very good goalkeeper, and I think yeah. he's the number two. And then Adrian is probably going to be number three. But poor old Carrius. Every time I watch him, I keep thinking back to uh, to Kiev and thinking, <laughs> imagine, Hello. just imagine. But, when, you know. that, when that when uh, that header went past him, I thought he's leaving that. He's just going wide. Yeah. It went in, yeah. didn't it? You know, but. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously there was a lot, there was an explosion of anger on Twitter oh. uh, against FSG, but I mean, I think you know, Keller, I think you're right. He's uh, he's he's the future, isn't he? John, did were you able to catch any of it? Just briefly, the, the limited highlights. I know they're only short games, but it wasn't him when they were on. Um, I was, you know, not too surprised to see him because, particularly these early preseason games. They're always full of um, players, if you like, who might not sort of be in the squad come the first game of the season or even near the squad. Uh, I do sort of agree with Brian, really. I think once Keller's back in, and apparently I was reading Pep Linder's report from the training yesterday. Apparently he was, he was brilliant in training yesterday, um, Keller. And I do think that Adrian will be there before. Uh, he'll be number three, I think, you know. I agree with that order of them, really. I didn't feel totally sort of confident when I see he was in goal, but just one of them things with him, really. You know. Yeah. In the first game, we had Origi and Minamino. Um, do you think? Do you think they'll still be there at the uh, at the start of the season? I mean, Minamino, I think, still looks potentially like a very good player, doesn't he? Yeah, he does, but. You know, we'd all want to see any chance. And it was after that game, Crystal Palace won when he, he scored and he, and he played well. But then he just, just went, went out of the equation then, didn't he? Um, and for Origi, where's he been the last couple of months? You know, he, I thought it might have been, you know, his last season and club might have given, you know, the odd, the odd game here and there, you know, just wave his goodbye yeah. to like 2,000 fans, whatever. But he just wasn't even on the bench, was he? So no. I think that I on a wall for him for you know off clock like whether he's fell over them whatever but yeah as, as John just said you know you're in the shop window aren't you now but yeah you no know, listen I think that's why I'll be playing only you know? well there's no shop window everyone knows about it you know every play don't be so if you you know when Minamino went to Southampton you know he was put in the team but then he, he was coming on the bench then wasn't he yeah, he was coming yeah, off, the, yeah. off, you know, off the bench you know so he wasn't the first starter there but even though it might have been a bit suffering, you know, to um, to settle in, whatever, you know, with, with all that going on. But I like Minimi, you know, you know, I, but it, last year, the end, end of the season, more or less, the last like, few months, we needed to win every game, as we kept saying every week, didn't we? You know, to, to, to get the three points to qualify. So you, you couldn't you couldn't mix it up. You know, we, we never had the chance to mix it up. You know, we had to go with the best team all the time, you know, and... Unfortunately, he's not in our best team, is he? Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. And in the second um, the second game, the second 30 minutes we, against Stuttgart, we had Salah and Manny. They were looking sharp, weren't they? I mean, I think um, uh, Salah's had seven weeks off, according to Klopp, and Manny's had five weeks. Brian, is that, you know... Yeah, yeah, I think you could see. I could think you could see a mental sharpness. They looked happier too. The body, you know. I mean, in these preseason friendlies, you never judge people on their touch because you know people are trying to get their touch together. But their appetite for the game looked there. The pace looked there. The reading of it, and you did think, well, these lads have played non-stop football now for about I don't know three or four years. Yeah. Um, and they were shot. You could see them last season. Man, he was shot. He didn't become a bad player overnight. who missed all these chances. He was mentally shot. 
Salah was had an unbelievable season when you think about it. You know, the amount of goals he got. Um, and so, yeah, I think that that's going to be an important factor for us that when the season starts, that uh, they were in the Copa America, they were in the Euros. They finally got that rest in and, and hopefully, you know, they come back. They, they come back and really, you know, particularly Mane, we, need, we needed, a, we needed yeah. to be at top of this game, you know. But um, but what I did enjoy about that game, and, and, and it was a great step up actually between the two games, wasn't it? It was like watching two different levels of schoolboys. Yeah, you saw, yeah, the, game, yeah, you saw yeah. the, the pace and the skills all of a sudden go yeah. up. And it was, I, I thought it was an interesting match. And they're, they're not a bad team, Stockard. But again, this fella stood out for me. And I, I'm not saying anything originally, but he stood out for me every time I've seen him, even in cameo roles. And it's Harvey Elliott. And yes. just the, the way he reads the game is superb. He's got all the passes. He, he can see. And that's what that's what managers and coaches love. And I saw that when he was about 16. He was coming. Most kids were 16 or 17 trying to impress. So he could play in a forward position. They just want to get me on the goals. You yeah. want to be making he, he tried too hard sometimes. Try to he just looked he, he was like he, he can see a lovely pass, he can give it, he can read it, he can run it. And I think he's gonna have a breakthrough season next season, similar to the likes of say Mountain and, and probably Gilmore will next season at Norwich for, yeah. for um for, for Chelsea's Lilone. But I think I think he could have a breakout season because he's got everything that lad and he's he's yeah. very mature. He looks like he's put on a bit of a Stature too. He looked. He looked yeah. a bit bigger and stronger, and um, he, he looks like a man now. He, he, looked, he, he, he looks older, like certainly doesn't he? he looks. Yeah, older. He, he looks nat- a natural fit in that. Yeah. In, in that, you know, he's got a great reading of the game, and, and obviously we can see his goals. I'm excited about him. And also making his debut, Kanati. I mean, obviously there'd be loads of descriptions, like you know, what a unit, what a bit, you know. But I mean, he he, he was fast as well, wasn't he? A couple of times. You know, he he was he was gliding across the pitch, wasn't he, John? Did you? Yeah, it's it's difficult. Obviously, you know, to to judge him on half an hour in a friendly um, is a bit difficult. But he is fast. He is he's a big lad. You know, and I don't feel like um, some games where we might have suffered a bit in the past with um, high from opposition. You know, yeah. um, would be a bit better equipped for that this year because uh, you know, it, yeah, it, you know. Uh, he looks a really, really, really big unit, like you know. And uh... <laughs> yeah. you, you don't work for one of the red tops, do you? Yeah. You got a unit. No, no. Speak, John. Before it sort of uh, seen those comments about him, and I seen him in the interview. I thought, God, he, look, he looks a big, big, uh, big lad, him, like. You look looks a big lad, yeah. Mono, I mean, massive, massive looked impressive as well. And we all know he's a great player, don't we? He's just got to keep fit, hasn't he? But, yeah. You know, we, we've got, if we've got massive Gomez, Van Dyke, and Kanati, that's, I mean, keep them fit. That's, that's brilliant cover, isn't it? You know? Well, you know, that's a new team again, isn't it? What we got, you know, a new defence from last year, kind of thing. Yeah. He's, he's a skinny unit, isn't he? Massive. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, we all know, you know, Massive before he got, you know, even early on in the season. Before when uh, when Van Dijk, you know, he controls him, doesn't he? You can see, you can see him control. Like Van yeah. Dijk can control anyone that partners him in defence. Now, I'm confident of Massive all the time when Van Dijk's with him. Yeah, yeah. But when Van Dijk gets injured, then he's on his own. He's, he's, but now we got Canati coming in, so you know, I think I think our defence will be spot on next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as you need more fit, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, we just don't know what Van Dijk or Gomez are going to come back. I mean, they were very serious injuries, weren't they? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, it's the rehabilitation. You know, it takes a long time. But you know, 
they're nearly back to full training, and I think we'll we'll probably see them playing uh, playing one one of the friendlies coming up, won't we? You know, at least yeah. at least at least after match, maybe. You know, I mean, Brian is um, in terms of Van Dyke Gomez. Do you think he'd be thinking of them starting the first game of the season, or just gradually? Uh, get them into the side. I think what we've learned from Klopp is even if players are out for a short time, he doesn't rush them back. Um, yeah. And if you've been out for as long as they have, there's no need to rush them back. And there isn't a need to rush them back now because Canate's got to start. He don't pay 36 million for a player on the best talents in Europe. You know, we had great, great stats at, at Leipzig. You know, he's a starter. Matip, yeah. Mono said, I, mean, I don't think he's let, let us down much, Matip. I think he's a, he's a, he's a, Good reader of the game. It's just his injuries, isn't it? You know, yeah. and, and uh, I think that I'd be fa- quite happy with them two starting and bring the others in when they when they're fit. Um, I mean, don't forget. I thought Reese Williams looked good again the other night. I think he's going to grow into a really good, a really good defender. Now, whether he goes out on loan, I think they'll sell Phillips and Davis if they get if people if the, the offers come in for them, and you'd expect that to be fair enough. Because you can't have seven, can't have seven centre halves, can you? But run them out of them last year, but. Um, but no, I think I think that's the least of worries. I think they would yeah. just they would just say like come in because what you don't want to say obviously is rush them back. You get an injury and we're starting down that road again, you know. So yeah. no, I, 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 I'm not, I don't think that's a concern. I think we, I think we could see we could see Van Dyke back, but what, mm. how long has it gone out? Three weeks? Yeah, there's every chance, but I don't think he'd rush him. Alele Rouge on the Blood Red Channel. So there's been there's been two uh, friendlies announced: Bilbao and uh, Osasuna. Uh, John, will you be going to test the new technology? I mean, did yeah. you know there was a tri- there was a trial at Anfield uh, this week where they invited people to go and and, and try out the new technology. Did uh, did you go to that, John, or did you know anyone I, went? I, I didn't. I believe it's um, still. Uh, still there if you want to go. I think it's sort of thirty first, and but I used the NFC um, setup for the West Brom game back at Christmas. You know, to yeah. check it on your on your phone. Uh, I'll try and test it if, if I'm sort of going down Anfield way in the next next few days. Um, oh, so you can just turn up, can you? And, and, and I, I believe it. so. Yeah, yeah, you can just yeah. go and try it. Still, I, I think I've read somewhere it was sort of thirty first of July, mm. um, and. Yeah, just booked a ticket for the first game. Um, Bill Bauer, I think it is, on the Sunday. And it was, you know, seamless enough on the uh, ticket system to, to do it, or I found anyway. You know. Uh, yeah. Mono, are you going to go to one of them? or? Yeah, we're going to the Bill Bauer game, me, John. Uh, we're work on a Monday, so I can't go to that one. But look forward to it, yeah. And as John just said, I, I, you know, I downloaded download the, the season ticket onto you know, your phone. Uh, but and there's a lot of people having trouble with it. You know, we talked about it before. You know, lads who we know, phone me, how's he doing? You know, they're having trouble, especially with Samsung phones. So the mm. club have got to rectify this before, you know, we've got a few weeks to uh, get it together, haven't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it'll be a lot of teething problems. And it, I think it's 75% capacity at the. Um... Yeah. At the friendlies, isn't it? I don't know what it's going to be in the first match of the season, but seventy-five percent is about forty thousand, I think. So, yeah. um, Brian, you know, there's, there's also talk about the um, the Premier League bringing in uh, like a passport, you know, vaccine mm. passports. Have you heard anything about that? Or, I mean, will the government impose that? I mean, I think it's inevitable. 
uh, in a way. I mean, we, we, we don't know what's going to happen this summer. You know, the, the infections are still very high. Deaths are climbing again. It's all about the NHS. Um, when the clubs... Are the clubs open now? They are, aren't they? Yeah, clubs are open. Um, and as they're talking about bringing passports... You, you were queuing up for one on Sunday night, weren't you? <laughs> Garland's, yeah. <laughs> and um, and I... I, I I think I think what's going to happen in the autumn there will be a surge again, and I think the way to combat that might be to say, right, if you've got two jabs, you can get in. Now, whether you like that or not, I think I can see that coming. You know, yeah, because yeah. I mean, you get what fifty odd thousand at Anfield. If rates are going high, I mean, they're going to say, well, if you don't want the jab, sorry about that. You know, go and get it, or you, you can't come in. And that might be harsh. Some people might disagree with it, but if they're going to bring that in for clubs, then I think it's a national extension. If things get bad, uh, that they will. They will bring it in, into uh, into football. I mean, I'm still, I'm still, I still can't believe we're going to see it next month. I mean, I'm, everyone's no, telling me we yeah. are, but I yeah. can't believe we're going to. I mean, that's the only reason I'm not going on the, the friendlies because I want to walk back into Anfield when it's full and yeah. we're on our own and we're having a drink at half time. Yeah. I can't, I just can't imagine it happening. But so far, I mean, people at the you don't want to jinx it. No, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I didn't enjoy that. I went the West Brom game too. I just I didn't enjoy because the results and Sam Allardyce got two points off us, but. And it was good to be back in the ground, but it didn't feel like you were back in no, Anfield no. again. You know what I mean? Uh, I want to go for a few pints before when I go there, have a warm San Miguel at half time and uh, <laughs> go afterwards. So, yeah, I mean, it's all fingers crossed, isn't it? It's all we go, we don't know. We know we have to get, try and get back to some form of normality, but there are yeah. going to be bumps along the way. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously, there'll be a lot of you know people questioning going to. Ask like the spirit of Shankly about what's going on, but if it's imposed in the Premier League or even the government, there's not much you can do, is there? Really? I mean, it's you know unless you start boycotting matches or whatever. But you know, public health issue. It's it's very complicated, isn't it? You know, John, are you um, are you you know are you are you thinking this is too good to be true? Full houses at Anfield. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm really hopeful. It's 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 going to happen. You know, um, I'm not thinking it's it's not going to happen because I thought if there is a backward step at some point, um, would it would it be that quick? Because you know the first game's only is it three or four weeks away. Yeah, um, yeah. the Burnley game. I mean, I'm I'm all set up for it myself. Uh, the only thing is that I'm thinking it's a twelve thirty kickoff. Yeah. And there could get be to the ground at eight, in. Get to the ground if, at eight o'clock. Yeah, if if they've got to do checks on whether it's on vaccination or that you've had yeah. a, a negative result, and and add to that the NFC situation on on your ticket, I think um, there might be a bit of slow progress getting into the ground that day. And with it being a half twelve kickoff, I think uh, yeah. you'd have to be yeah. there early. I think yeah. Yeah, well, thing, yeah. fingers crossed. We can you know we can get in and. Um, Start enjoying the atmosphere again because you just look, looking at the Euros. It was so different watching football, wasn't it? I mean, I, I fell out of love watching football last season because of empty stadia, and it just shows you the importance, really, of of football. You know, and football without fans is nothing, of course. But it really, you know, having crowds, even if they were third capacity of the of the ground, really made the difference, didn't it? You know, for the Euros, mono. It was like it was just great here and real. Chance wasn't it? And well, that's that's what we said the other week, wasn't it? You know, the difference <clears throat> in the football, you know, you know, the, even the players weren't either as much, you know, because they can't hide no more. You know, the crowd will be on the back, and 
you can, you can, you can sense it, you know, that the ones that are uh, Budapest where he was 70,000, you know, in the early games, was it Budapest? I think, yeah, it was, the atmosphere was absolutely yeah. uh, brilliant and it, it just, it just took the game to the other level yeah. that, that, that yeah. we all know, yeah. you know, and not, not the sterile game, you know, you know, hearing the faint, the faint fouls, you know, but the players jump in the air when they haven't been touched. So yeah. hopefully that'll, that'll all be eradicated again now. Know what I mean? All the all the diving to to the extent, and but yeah, the the crowds. You just said their football without fans is not, and and how, and how true it is that we've noticed these last eighteen months. Yeah. Well, another thing, football isn't football without Twitter and uh, transfer speculation is nothing, is it? And obviously, you know, Liverpool fans going to overdrive. I presume it's the same with other clubs, but. It seems to be Liverpool. You know, we've got a lot of Twitter uh, followers at me, Liverpool, uh, yeah. complaining about lack of, lack of transfer activity. But the one thing I wanted to talk about first, really, was Brian. You wrote an article this week uh, regarding Jordan Henderson. There was a bit of an outcry on Twitter. You know what's happening? Our captain get it sorted, and I mean, what's the background to that in terms of? I mean, presumably uh, the players' agent Henderson's has, has leaked this to. You know, to uh, because of various reasons, and what are those reasons? Do you think? Well, I think I think we all know Liverpool are, are facing a bit of a, a problem in terms of the age of the squad and how you dismantle the team that won the league. And the wage bill is still very high, actually. It's about the second biggest, I think. Um, so they've got like five players who are going to be well, six if you include Henderson, who are approaching either thirty or approaching thirty, and. They need the contract sorting. When when Aldum came up to that last year, they wouldn't they wouldn't meet his demands because they don't see they don't see any value in, in giving a thirty year old a four year contract because by definition you decline. You know, so in their yeah. head they don't see a value. They would rather have short term contracts like Milner Milner takes and based on yeah. personal appearances ideally, but they have to prioritise certain players. They have to prioritise in their head the likes of Van Dijk, Salah. Uh, Mane and below him, Allison, who's who's actually, I think he's three years left, uh, and Fabinho, because they, they're aware of the fact that they could leave and go to other clubs tomorrow. You know, they could the, the other clubs got around the world would put in for them mid season, so they want to get them tied down before yeah. their value goes down to nothing. I think Jordan's unlucky. I think he's thirty one. They've already got him under contract till he's thirty three. Can't talk to anyone until January twenty twenty three, and they're basically saying. Well, you're not a priority because even even that I know they want to tie down Trent and Robbo to longer contracts. Yeah. Now, if you look at, if you look at Henderson, you think, hang on, I've given you ten years here. I am thirty-one, but I'm fit. I've easily got another four years in me. I'm the club captain. Uh, the you know the uh, the manager raves about me. Uh, yeah. I don't want to be. I don't want to be low down the priority list. So they've opened negotiations. They've got nowhere, and they've called them off. But other negotiations are going on. Yeah, and I think that's just miffed him, you know, gutted him, and his agents put a put a sounder out there to say to let people be aware uh, that you know uh, th this this issue needs resolving, and and I think it does. I can see both sides of it, and I think it's I think compromise is needed. I think Liverpool need to, particularly after losing Wijnaldum, you know, to lose Wijnaldum and Henderson on the uh, by letting the contracts run down to nothing, and to let that to let it kind of fester. I think would be another bad PR job. I don't think you need to yeah, do it. Yeah. I think, you know, because I think, you know, I think most Liverpool fans accepted the Wijnaldum situation. There was no massive outcry. 
maybe where they saw him scoring in the Euros, there, there was an outcry. <laughs> but that was hindsight, you know. Yeah. Um, it's 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 just they all these aren't great times for Liverpool with the with the COVID. You know, they haven't yeah. got their model doesn't work like Chelsea's or, or Man City's, so or PSG's. So, but I think it would be an insult to Henderson. The fans would take it that way if they just yeah, let that yeah. drift off. Yeah, he's the captain. He's very important. You know, he's okay. His, his injury record wasn't great last season, but you know, it, 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 I just don't think it's, I just don't think it sits well that Henderson. No. I'm not saying they should give him what he wants. I'm not saying Henderson should accept some compromise, but I think it would be, I think it would be good to uh, to get that sorted and, and not let it fester. Yeah, yeah. John, uh, would you were you shocked when you saw that? It came from a, a few well placed journalists, so it was obviously leaked, wasn't it? From uh, were yeah, you shocked when you saw a negotiating tool? Well, maybe? Only shocked if it actually is Jordan Henderson making noises and not people on behalf of him. Because yeah. I wasn't sure that he's that sort of um, guy, really, that he's going to be demanding money and demanding his contract because he seems to be a very humble fella. And, you know, it, and as much as I'd like to to see him, the contract extended and, and he stays and what have you, there is still quite, quite, quite a way to go. So I don't, I don't see why... Yeah, everyone's panicking. I know we had to an album situation, but when you hear that a bit more meat on the bone, if you like, that he wanted four years at double wages, I can sort of understand the club not wanting to do that. You know, because that's a commitment from the club then for those yeah. four years. And if Ronaldo's form went or he got long-term injuries or yeah. he ended up getting sold, Liverpool still owe him that money. I, I, I seem to remember going back to Emileski, you know, when they sold him to Birmingham, Birmingham wouldn't pay him the wage that Liverpool were paying him. So, from what I remember reading at the time, Liverpool had to pay up his contract with the difference, if you like, in the wages that he wasn't going to get from Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah. so, you know, to to give fellas too long a contract and and high wages and all that, you know, um, the the club's got to think of the the bigger picture and yeah. Uh, you but know. he's the you know he's the club captain and he's been but he a great, is, but he's a great ambassador for the club as well. He's 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 a football player and that. I think what he might be thinking now is like he don't see me as a as a priority. Obviously, they don't see him as the future because you know no, because but that's of his age. Him. You know, is it? Is he, it he's, asking for, he's asking for some loyalty, isn't he, or his agent? But, but 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 is he? You know, yeah, well, must, him, his agent will be doing it on his behalf. You know, of yeah, course, but is, so. is it two years he's got left? I don't think he needs. I mean, Brian, manage, could he? you see him, the agent, just doing this without his knowledge? I mean, he that doesn't. No, work it wouldn't be with it. Wouldn't be without his knowledge. Um, and he's clearly decided it's a good time. It's like reminding them and saying, "Hey, don't forget, don't About forget." Me, yeah. And it's a because good time to do it. It's it's not a, similar thing, a similar thing happened with Gerard, wasn't it? After the. Um, yeah. Champions League final when Rick Paddy went on holiday, didn't he? And that's, oh, yeah. he, he was nearly yeah. tempted to Chelsea because he thought Liverpool didn't value him, you know, he, and he was the club cat, you know. So is it a similar situation to that, maybe, you know? I, I think it's different because Gerard could have gone to most clubs in the world, but I don't know where Jordan would go now unless he dropped his standards because there was talk of PSG. Well, they, they've already got two frees this, this summer who were over, who were over 35. You know, and, and he's got two years left on his contract, so you'd have to pay Liverpool a decent fee and then his wages. Uh, and I don't know in the current climate whether the, one of the top English clubs or Spanish clubs would do that. 
And I think Liverpool know that. So it is all about negotiations. And, you know, to be fair to Liverpool as well, I mean, we spoke about, you know, Harvey Ellick could have a breakthrough season. Curtis Jones could have a great season. Uh, they could buy another midfield player this summer, which I think they might do. You could have a great season. And all of a sudden, the captain is pushed down the queue a bit and he could suffer another injury. You know, there's all these factors. But I would say, at the same time, I, I think Jordan isn't a greedy fella. I think he wants respect. I think he's earned it. Yeah. And yeah. if he was a greedy fella who was breaking the bank, he wanted to say, no, come on, I'm a big shot. I want this, I want this. I want the same money as Salah. He's, he's not. I think he's saying, don't, you know, Give me some respect there, and, yeah, and yeah, let, yeah. Let, let, let's don't just fob me off. Let's get these negotiations doing, and if you do, I'll give. I mean, we can give and take, and I, I'd like to see that, and, and hopefully that's what will happen. Yeah, Marno, it would be, you know, I mean, it's been bad enough on Twitter these last few days, hasn't it, about Henderson? But it'd be, you know, if it, if it, if it escalated into a, a slanger match, you know, it'd be terrible, wouldn't it, for the club? You know, because we just don't want that at all, do we? You know, well, the club has said nothing, have they? No, but I think it's just a bad PR, isn't it? You know, for us, you no. Know, I I think it is real because it's you know it's come from one of the local journalists that we know. So obviously he's been he's been nobbled. I think you know to um, to put it put it out there and yeah. pull them in. Like so. You talking about Brian now? Are you talking about Brian? <laughs> no, I, I said a journalist. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Brian's an author. Yeah, yeah. So no, it's a it you no. Know, Let's hope it doesn't drag on, you know, yeah. like, you know, we all, yeah, he's here till 20, you know, 23, you know, so there's plenty of time, but we've said that in the past, haven't we, there's plenty of time, and then yeah, yeah. six months go, then another, then then a year goes, and then all of a sudden, the ball's in, the player's caught then, isn't he? So, but as, as Brian, you said there, like, you know, I've been talking to, you know, the lads, from, you know, the work about and we're all saying, well, He's injury, as he said there, he's injury prone. You know, we could go and get someone this summer. We've all said the same thing, what you just said there, Brian. So it's a, uh, we don't know what, what the club and club have got going on behind the scenes. You know, they might, you know, they might have someone ready to come in there and then, then all of a sudden he is down a pecking order again, even further. But going back to what he said before about Elliot, you know, we were watching him in Blackburn last year, weren't we? And when you seen him, you know, highlights of him and, yeah. He has filled out, hasn't he? You know, from being skinny a couple of seasons ago, he has put the put the beef on. Like, yeah, it reminded me, reminded me of uh, Sterling when he was at Anfield, and Liverpool, and, and he was he was so weak he got knocked off the ball easy. But you can't do that now because he's 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 physique. Yeah. But Elliot seems to have gone a similar thing. So there's all little twists and turns along the. I hope we keep him, you know, because he, he's he's been he's a great he's a great uh, captain for us. You know, a great person. Yeah. You know, great. Great human being, you know, 10 years great, love uh, brilliant service for the club. Uh, yeah. I, I hope it continues, you know, in, in a good manner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully it'll be nipped in the bud quite soon. Allez Rouge on the Blood Red Channel. In terms of other transfer, I mean, there's not much transfer speculation concerning Liverpool, is there, Brian? I mean, there's not, you know, well, if you think about it, sorry, Peter, uh, there's, there hasn't much, it's been a quiet window on it. I mean, if you look at it, I think we've actually spent, because I think we've, I think that the highest figure so far is uh, Norwich have bought, sorry, Villa bought Buendia from Norwich for 38. We've spent 36 on Canati. Yeah. And if you look down after that, Leicester bought a couple, haven't they? That lad from Salzburg, Dakar, uh, mm. and another kid for 23. So 
no one else really bought anybody. I know Sancho deal will, will go through. Yeah. But there's no there's no big deals gone through. So, it's so you think the, the Twitter arty, the the people, the Liverpool fans on Twitter just need to chill out a bit. I mean, we I, haven't done too bad in the last few years, have we? I think they've probably forgotten that they have already spent 36 million because yeah, that was yeah. like because that was that was the end of last season with the all the other, you know. But they've had, we've, got to rem- we've got to remember also is when when we were um linked with Salah and Mane and everyone was you know going mad on Twitter then, weren't they? Oh, yeah. you know, who are these? That you know, they're not. So Liverpool, 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 Liverpool will bring in uh, probably a midfielder, maybe an attacking midfielder, definitely, yeah. uh, because they've lost Wijnaldum. But Klopp doesn't like big squads. He said that loads of times, and that's why I, they will they will sell people. You know, you mentioned Origi and Minamino before. If the right figure comes in for them, they'll let them go tomorrow. Um, they haven't done too bad at the moment. I think they've already raised twenty million by selling fringe players. You know, Gruwich mm. is gone. Awinoyo has gone for six and a half. And Liam Miller's gone uh, to Basel. I think, you know, those deals that Edwards pulls in, they're all adds up, don't it? So if you like, all of a sudden you've got half your Canati money back. Yeah. And there'll be others that will be going. Um, I would imagine Harry Wilson will go. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine, again, it's, it's about, it's about the, what, what Liverpool don't do is they don't sell on the cheap. So, for example, don't panic towards the end of the transfer window. And say, okay, you can have him for five million. Yeah, because yeah. last, if you remember last summer, they wanted to sell Grealish and Wilson, but the bids were too low. So they will hang on un- un- until they get to the point where they realise it's not worth it because he can't go out on loan again. Uh, but I mean, I think Nat Phillips will probably go maybe to Brighton if Ben White goes to Arsenal. And you look yeah. at fifteen million there plus add-ons. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden, as I say, throw the Ben White money on what they've already done, and you've paid for Canati. Yeah. So, yeah. so, but. But I think Klopp will say, you know, look, I probably need another, I probably need another midfield player, um, and I think, you know, or, or a winger, and I think we, we will we will see one coming in. Yeah, John. I mean, you we've got to give the uh, the people who make these decisions. They've got it right most of the time, as over the last few years, haven't we? We've got to give them the benefit of the doubt that you know uh, the players that they're bringing in uh, or they're looking at, you know, uh, they do it quietly, like the old way the old Liverpool way, so it's not all over the press. And all of a sudden, you know, a, a player's there like Jota, you know. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly it. You know, just, just trust what they're doing. You know, in, in many ways, this season, we've got four or five new players already because they never played for us last season. For one way or another, whether it's Van Dijk and Gomez, um, Cater spent half the season injured. Oxlade-Chamberlain never seemed to get that fitness where he could come on as a sub and make an impact, um, but he, he looks like he's he's, he's back um, back to that full fitness now. So so in some ways, you know, the squad will be improved on last season anyway, with the same players. Yeah, yeah, you'd yeah, hope yeah. and expect yeah. Simicast as well, possibly, you know, coming through. But in terms of you know the Twitterati or whatever they're called, wanting just wanting us to sign names. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, I don't get it. I, I remember back to, um, I think it was Bob Paisley's view, it might have been Ronnie Moran. They only ever looked at a player, or they particularly looked at a player, when the team he was playing for was getting beat 1-0 in an away match and see see what you got out of them then. And yeah, yeah. That's what we should do. And yeah. if that's how you find players like, you know, Andy Robertson, that's that that's what you do. You know, because we need, the Twitter art here only looking at 
Mbappé, for example, because they want to see him play in the Champions League quarter-final. Well, yeah. I want to know if he's prepared to, to work hard at Stoke on a Wednesday night or Middlesbrough yeah. on Boxing I was, Day. I thought it was Tuesday. You know, <laughs> whatever it is, but they're the players who he wants and that's who Klopp wants. And, yeah, and Klopp yeah. also wants that squad. And, every, and, and again, if you read Pep Linder's diary of what he's been doing on LFC TV, yeah. I think it's on the main website as well, talking about um, the camaraderie in the team and the togetherness and the team yeah. spirit and and the whole squad as a squad of uh, the people who support the squad, you know the the, the medics, the, the the lads who were there on LFC TV and and everything. Yeah. That's what's important to him. That's what's yeah. important to Klopp. Yeah. So we don't need to sign someone for the sake of fellas on Twitter. We need to we need to know that the nucleus of players we've got going forward and and mm. the whole organisation is together as one and we'll perform as the season. You know we'll perform yeah. this season. No, great, great points, great points, John. Mono, is that? I mean, look, you know, when you the scenery in Austria was unbelievable, wasn't it? So you got to, if you're somewhere like that, you but the camaraderie in the the training sessions you were seeing, they all look like they're smiling again, you know. Especially Sally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, and then you see, and he's he said a book bar before. I think with Brian, he said, see, you know, how fit he was, and you know how well he looked. Yeah. So he's had, the, you know, he's had a nice little break, and now he's he's back in the preseason, uh, looking looking sharp, isn't he? But yeah. that goes. Let's hope you know all the ones who've been injured. He can come on and you know and do exactly the same as them. Yeah. But yeah. going back, going back to what we said before about you know people on social media, you know, it's I wouldn't give me time, mate. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, yeah. Chill out. Know, we're, we're old school, are we? It's it's when people say to you, it's look. Liverpool announce it when they get someone. Simple yeah, as that. Yeah. Now, like you know, the old days, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, everyone, that's... Mono says, everyone's got to chill out. <laughs> but you should get him back, though. Know what I mean? <laughs> 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 Only so we can sing that song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rouge on the Blood Red Channel. So, Brian, um, you've written a book during the lockdown, haven't you? And it's coming out very soon. It's called uh, Diamonds in the Mud. And it's a, I mean, what, what's, what was the motivation about writing this? It's about pe- it's a, people you've actually interviewed over the years for the Daily Mirror, is it? Or other yeah. people as well? Yeah, it was, um, it was, it was an idea that's been knocking around in my head. I've always thought that in this country, um, we have this problem whereby we teach history through a very narrow prism. It's about kings and queens and eating educated prime ministers and public school explorers, blah, blah, blah. And uh, almost those from below, working class heroes, if you like, they're incidental, you know, or the odd exception aside. So I'd kind of been, it was kind of ticking away in my head because over the years, I've been 40 years journalist now, I'd interviewed a lot of the, my heroes, if you like. Um, and I knew there was something in there. And then it was when lockdown happened last March and, um, Everyone was clapping the nurses, and all of a sudden they were the heroes. They were the, all, the only people that mattered. And you thought, well, hang on, how long is this going to last? Because, you know, wait, wait, wait a year down the line. And true enough, they've got a below inflation pay rise. And yeah. The, the got on the, the honours list still went to all these cronies, these, yeah. you know, the, the odd celebrity thrown in. So I just thought, yeah, so do it. Do it on the notion of, 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 uh, of we, teach, you know, we teach your history wrong in this country. Uh, and if we did, if we did teach about working class heroes, then maybe the kids who come from those backgrounds 
they might have a bit more confidence than a lot of the public school kids have. And, yeah. uh, and therefore, you know, it's so it, 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 would, it would be a better place. So the idea is I told it through through about t 10 chapters of, of people that I've met over the years and interviewed Dennis Skinner, uh, Bill Shankly, and Bob Paisley, um, Doreen Lawrence, the Hillsborough mums who I've been with right through the kind of, uh, I mean, their story's astonishing. Uh, Jack Jones, Muhammad Ali. I know he's not English, but he's working <laughs> He's um, not from, from Garston. <laughs> uh, NHS nurses. Um, uh, a great woman from Northern Ireland, Donna Marie McGillian, who in Oma lost 80% of, she had a, Lost eighty percent of her, her skin. She was burnt alive, and oh, and she uh, and she, put, she 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 kind of got married seven months later. She read the last rites and defied the gunmen. So I talk about the, the other the other kind of heroes in Northern Ireland that, that, that each community would say McGuinness and Paisley, who I've, who I've met, but say the real hero in Northern Ireland are the likes of Donna Marie McGillian. So yeah. it's it's looking and, and the the food banks. I mean the food bank story. You know, Ian and Dave, Ian, Ian Byrne and Dave Kelly, you know, starting off with bins outside outside Anfield and Everton, wheelie bins. And the next thing, three years down the line, it's gone from L4 to SW1 Westminster, where Marcus Rashford is challenging oh, yeah. the Prime Minister. And Ian Byrne's yeah. getting a, a right to food policy. So it's, yeah, it's one of them. It's, 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 um, and, 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 the, and the, another reason I did it is because uh, the CASA in town, which is, um, and they're a chapter two, the striking dockers who set up this wonderful social justice hub uh, after the strike, bought the old Casablanca pub, uh, and they dish out free legal information and support to anybody who wants it. And they've yeah. been battered by the lockdown. They need money. So I thought, well, there you go. Socialism in action. Sell a boot, get a big advance, and give it all to the Casa. And so far, it's all worked out well, yeah? So, yeah. Yeah, so when when's, when's it out, Brian? Is it's it... out uh, August the 5th. Yeah. Yeah, you can order in advance now if you want, but it's uh, on most of the websites, you know. Yeah, and um, will we be doing a launch for it? I will, well, yeah, 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 because I'm doing a Q and A. Yeah, but it's invite only. <laughs> yeah, no, we're gonna do launch in the back room of the casa, yeah. So, well, will there be uh, will there be like something in Waterstones or book signings? That's everything. Yeah, I think there probably will be, uh, and hopefully in there. Uh, but and also, there's a good independent. If you want to get it from an independent bookstores, there's this there's this website now where you can go to them and buy it off them. So rather than going to Amazon or Waterstones, they'll still sell it. You can actually get it, you know, a, a local independent shop uh, will actually profit from it. So that's something to look at. If you're buying any book, by the way, because we need to keep our independent bookshops like news from nowhere going, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, you know, in terms of there's obviously a few football characters in there, it's a football podcast, obviously, but is, is Marcus Rashford, is he mentioned quite a lot, did you say? Or? Marcus Rashford c comes into it with, in the, uh, the food bag story, yeah, but, it's, but I kind of concentrate mainly on, on, on the fans, actually. And, yeah. I, and, and the spirit of Shankly get, get a big mention in it, too, because what I, what I thought was fascinating about, about Ian and Dave's story and Rashford's and like Sir Jordan Henderson was, they kind of overturned the stereotype about football fans and football players a few years back. Football fans were just labelled like the kind you saw trying to get into Wembley last week. You know, they're all drunken yobs. Uh, and footballers themselves were all young fellas who just, you know, they just want the money, want to buy blings, want to buy a big car. And, and the likes of what fans bought in food banks and all the, and the likes of Spinner to Shankly, Blue Union, and all the other fans who got who got along with that and were, were kind of helping out with, with, their, with food banks and, and other charities. Uh, They've over they're overturning that kind of stereotype. 
as as was Rashford and players like Jordan Henderson in the, in the Players Together initiative. And now they made fools out of the politicians because the great thing about the Rashford story is, you know, is he humiliates he humiliates these politicians who have been actually using football as a scapegoat. So I think it's a great story. I went to his mural last week and it was lovely to see the uh, the outpouring there of, of, of support and love for the, for, for the, for the cracking fella. And I, I did a piece on Saturday because I know I saw the sign which said, you're a gem. And the book's called Diamonds in the Mud because eight years ago, I went to Jack Jones, an unveiling of Jack Jones' mural in, in Garston. And of course, Garston people are known as mud men because he used to rob coal from the shore, some of them, from the mud. And some fella sidled up to me and he said, uh, he said, it's a great fella named Jack Jones. I don't know. He said, he's a proper diamond in the mud. And I thought that's a that's a good title. That sums up yeah. working class heroes. So yeah, it's no, a it's a, yeah, it's a brilliant title. Brilliant yeah. title. Um, Rafa didn't make the, did Rafa, Rafa didn't make the grade. No, <laughs> I don't know if he's working class. <laughs> no, but he the was. Shankly and Paisley, he was okay. The Shankly and Paisley one's interesting because it, is it a year ago tonight we lifted that title? We lifted the title. Yeah, 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 and. I was kind of set. I do that chapter talking about the seed going on that night, and asking how Liverpool, you know, how Liverpool be, was such a stayed such a big club, a massive club, yet they hadn't won the league for thirty years. What other club in Europe would have would have maintained that level right at the top, of, you know, without winning their own domestic title and and hardly challenging for it? If we're honest, three or four times. And the reasons were the two statues outside the ground. The reasons were Shankly and Paisley, because how they built that club and the identity they gave it, yeah. uh, that, that it resonated with so many people across the world. Even the anthem, you never walk alone. But Shankly's socialism that he passed down, the, 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 the link that you, to the community, the roots you put in, people yeah. feel that and buy that. And that's why Liverpool became was different. And yeah. so I say that the reason that, that Liverpool's a very rich club, well, in terms of what you could sell it for, but it was the work of those two working class fellows from Pitt Towns, you know. I mean, yeah. Shankly was a socialist. I don't think Bob was. I think he preferred the racing post. But <laughs> he kind of, he, he they, they knew what it was all about. That it was all yeah. about the community. And it was all yeah, about yeah. about um, communal action. And, and basically, not about making money. I mean, I interviewed, I went around to Bob's house. Um, I interviewed him there in, in 89, actually, when I was doing a series on Shankly's 30, 30 years. Yeah. Um, and he'd... He was just at the early stages of Alzheimer's. He wasn't doing interviews, uh, but he agreed to speak to me because it was about it was about Bill Shankly, you know. Yeah. And I remember sitting in his room in Walton and thinking, this could be any granddad's room in Liverpool. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, the fire was on full blast. There was little <laughs> pictures of, of 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 his kids, of his grandkids still in the little yeah. cardboard, uh, and little little knickknacks from Rill and Prestatton, and he had the racing post, he had his slippers on, uh, had a cup of tea. Nothing spectacular. And at the time, this fella was the most successful manager in British mm. football history, you know. And what an ordinary, lovely working class fella. And I asked him, you know, did you ever, did you ever regret uh, that you didn't um, make a lot of money out the game? And he just yeah. laughed and he said, I never complained about it then. Why should I complain about it now? And by the yeah. way, money's not everything. I, I, the, the, you know, the, the happiness that I got from the football club, that, that made me a wealthy man, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Imagine, imagine someone saying that now. You know, it's, yeah. it doesn't. So, yeah. Do you, so, the, do you see the lineage with with Klopp? I mean, have you have you interviewed Klopp at all? No, no, I haven't. No. But I think there are parallels. Yeah. I think there are. You know, he's definitely. Um, well, we know he's left of centre, 
uh, and his politics. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, he, he likes to make a few bob. We know that, but that's fair enough. That's that's the game, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that's why he's resonated so deeply with Liverpool. Yeah. Liverpool fans, I think there's an attachment there, and, and that's why he was drawn to it. Again, going back to if, going back to why Klopp came to Liverpool, they hadn't won the league at the time for 20 or 26, 27 years. But he's found something in there. It's the thing that Shankly and Paisley created. Yeah. Do you remember that famous quote where Man United spoke to him? Yeah. And Ed Woodward said, come to Man United. It'll be like going to Disneyland. Yeah. yeah. And he just went, whoa, <laughs> this is not <laughs> yeah. what it's about. Yeah, so yeah. This is not, I'm not after that kind of project where you just throw, I'm yeah. after somewhere that's got soul. And that's yeah. what Liverpool have got because of Shankly and Paisley. Yeah, They've yeah, got exactly. soul. So, you know, I call that chapter the joy bringers. Um, right. Because... Um, they are. If you read, actually, there's a, there's a really I, I hadn't seen this, but there's a fantastic, fantastic obituary to to Bob Paisley in the in the Independence when he died in the main part of the paper because mm. his death didn't get that much coverage. He, he was an overlooked genius, wasn't he, Bob Paisley? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and it's fantastic. They've put into perspective what, how, what a hero of his generation he was. You know, the Desert Rat, yeah. the uncomplaining man, but, but, but what he built uh, at Liverpool, and it's a really interesting. A picture in the main parts of the paper. I think it was written by Stan A, who was a Liverpool, who was a Liverpool fan. Yeah. Um, but you know, it sums up that generation of working class men and women. They can't get it all without asking much in return. So, if you don't want to uh, fund the next uh, space race between Bez Austin and um, Richard Branson, where what was that website you said you could buy it from? The independent uh, website. Yeah, I'm not sure the exact name for it, but no, okay, there is one. In, independent books, you, you can always you can just buy it. Google it, it yeah. It's on all the others. It's on Waterstones. It's on, you know, yeah. Amazon. It's on um, W.A. Smith and that. So. Okay. Now, it sounds sounds absolutely brilliant and uh, looking forward to it. Uh, you've been listening to John Nicholson, Stephen Monaghan, and Brian Reed. I'm your host, Peter Hooten. And any feedback, you know, we welcome any feedback. And uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. Another Ali LaRouche in a couple of weeks' time. You've been listening to the Ali La Rouge podcast on the Blood Red channel.